Welcome to Signal Black, a Darker Days series introducing and exploring the numerous Chronicles of Darkness second edition settings currently developed by Onyx Path Publishing. In this series, the hosts of Darker Days Radio, alongside some Onyx Path writers, will discuss the settings and basic mechanics of each game, uh, highlight types of characters you can play, and explore the role-playing experiences each game provides. Uh, so who do we have here today? We have Chris. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, so... I'm again one host of Dark Days Radio and uh, Dark Hammer, so that's a Warhammer RPG show. Um, and I've written for Cubicle Seven on all three Warhammer RPGs. I've also written for Vampire Fifth Edition, and I've also written it's still still somewhere in the development process uh, for Changeling Lost Second Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, we've self-published a fair few things for Chronicles of Darkness. Indeed. Indeed we have, indeed we have. And we'll probably cover those a little bit when we get to uh, different applicable settings, uh, which means, hey, we have stuff we talk about uh, for community content today. But aside from that, we're also joined by Crystal. How's it going, Crystal? Hey, it's going really well. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself and discuss your uh, Chronicles Darkness experience a little bit? Yeah, so um, I am a writer and developer for a whole bunch of different RPGs, <laughs> um, uh, including uh, Chicago by Night for Onyx Path, as well as Scion um, No Gods No Masters, which is coming up. Um, for a developer, I'm the developer for Third Eye Games for PIP System, and we have our Spycraft primer coming up. But um, for Chronicles of Darkness specifically, I actually was one of the first teams that ran this at Gen Con um, when they were first debuting it um, for Whoa. first edition um, wow. many, Ooh. many, many years ago. <laughs> and I've played Chronicles of Darkness. I played um, Vampire Requiem. And uh, I have yet to do like the new system, but I, or for Chronicles of Darkness specifically, but I have mm-hmm. run other games off of it. Um, and I really, really like the concept. And I think it is vastly underused by a lot of storytellers. Indeed, yeah. indeed, yeah, yeah. Actually, Crystal, do you have any LARP experience with the uh, Crowns of Darkness or Mind's Eye Theater uh, rule I set do. that came out? <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, maybe we can touch on that later, uh, just yeah. at the end, because that's something we did not discuss at all during the Vampire the Requiem episode. Yeah, that's a good point. Awesome, awesome. So, um, people might recognize me from the uh, previous uh, Vampire the Requiem uh, stream that we did, but I am Mike. I'm one of the hosts of Dark Days Radio. Uh, I don't really have many official writing credits, but a little bit of like community content stuff uh, under my belt. And I am always excited to talk about Chronicles of Darkness because it's super rad. So you might be asking yourself, what is Chronicles of Darkness? Well, it's the uh, it's a premiere horror role-playing setting uh, that was originally released in 2004 under the title World of Darkness. And it's an evolution uh, from classic horror role-playing games in the 1990s and quickly developed uh, into its own mysterious setting. Uh, in Chronicles of Darkness, you play characters in a world just like our own, a modern era uh, with the same countries, fashions, and struggles. Uh, but underneath the facade of normality lurk creatures of the unknown, subtle magic beyond comprehension, and sinister mortals seeking to use this magic for their own selfish desires. It is in this dangerous underworld that your mortal characters explore uh, you know, finding conspiracies or hauntings, cursed legacies or technostic intrusions. Uh, sometimes your characters uh, might be drawn deeper into the shadows and become creatures themselves, being turned into vampires, unlocking the true sorcery of mages, or maybe even being captured and turned into one of the wondrous changelings. 
And that is the game that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to kind of dig down and get into some of the more uh, details about it than those you know brief paragraphs we just shared right there. So I think we want to start off before getting into the rules and some of the uh, you know updates there were for the second edition of Chronicles of Darkness. I think we want to just talk about what kind of player, what kind of characters you can play uh, in this setting. So. Yeah, I was figuring we we could kind of just discuss uh, as some examples some characters that we have played in games previously, either for you know first edition Crops Darkness or the second edition that we're really focusing on today. Um, so I'll just go first real quickly, uh, just to to illustrate that you can play characters that are pretty mundane. Um, you know, I've had a character who uh, was just an unwitting hiker in the woods uh, and then stumbled across some weird stuff with ghosts. I've played in a game uh, with Chris, a firefighter on vacation in the United Kingdom, and things did not work out very well for him. And I've even played just a mobster who, uh, well, turned to some pretty dark stuff. So there's a lot of different uh, different kind of character concepts you can play. Uh, Crystal or Chris, you want to share some example characters from your own uh, experiences? Oh, I think uh, I've played because being a perpetual storyteller, um, <laughs> I've not. Oh, you can share some NPCs that you really I've liked. Not, or... I've not. Um, I've not played as characters too often, but uh, I have played in a one shot of um, Hunter the Vigil as a. Hmm. Uh, I think as part of a as project as uh is it Task Force Valkyrie? Yeah. Um. So that was Special Forces hunting some supernatural monster type thing um and then the vast wide variety of characters hell uh let's think what's one of my favorite um favorite characters from changeling um oh it'll be the it'll be like um because obviously uh, one of the things out for changeling lost uh we've self-published is um is venice unmasked so i'm obsessed with venice changeling lost in venice great uh one of the characters is a uh his his seeming is beast so he appears like as a fox uh fox like and i think he's something like reginald redcoat or something like that so he wears like he he looks like he's in british fox hunting attire but has like fox like features and is just a bit too british for, for venice um but it's just kind of like a little bit light-hearted but also a bit of a toff and that's quite fitting um and is that yeah. i mean and that fits with with changeling quite well that kind of um weird kind of fey magic it's whimsical in some respects mm-hmm. while also being a bit dark um other ones, oh, there's too many. There's, I guess, obviously the the fun one is doing my kind of um, Christopher Lee kind of homage in um, uh, the Hunger Within, which you know you were saying you were playing the firefighter. The mm-hmm. uh, hotel owner is definitely kind of very much channeling Christopher Lee from the Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, there's some weird stuff. There's some weird stuff in that adventure right there. Yeah. Uh, Crystal, what kind of player characters have you played? <laughs> Um, well, one of the very first characters I ever played um, with uh, Chronicles of Darkness was actually the prom queen, and one of the other players was the prom king, and we got attacked on the way to the after party. Um, and <laughs> good, that's a good scenario. Jeez, uh, wow. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely something like out of a horror movie. It was wonderful. Right. Um, I really liked it. Um, some of the other ideas that I've had is I've always wanted to do like um, 
play an individual who has just enough of a streak of luck to be unlucky, <laughs> meaning mm. that they keep stumbling onto other things in the world of darkness by luck, and it ends up being really unlucky for them. <laughs> right. Interesting. That's a fun character. I, I wonder if there's any like merits that's, that could really play off that. We can talk about that when oh, we get to the merits yeah. section. Okay, sure, sure. All right, <laughs> right, all right. So those are the kinds of characters uh, that we've played before. And you know, we also want to highlight, so so we're mentioning you know uh, some very mundane characters. Chris was talking about some of the characters that he's used in uh, the more you know supernatural games that build off of these base set of rules. Um, and you know, building off the base set of rules are also some uh, Chronicles of Darkness specific mechanics. Um, you know, there's rules for psychics. Um, the first edition had a lot of rules for very interesting and funky things like skin changers and uh, immortals, for example. Um, some of those have been updated to the second edition rule set, but you might have to check into a, a, a different book. For example, the immortals are now in the Mummy the Curse game. Um, has an option there so uh totally you have to forgot. look around a little bit for some of the new rules <laughs> i totally forgot the regular weird non pigeonholed immortals are in that era are in that book that's right yep mm. yep yeah and there's stuff like alchemists are now in uh promethean the created yeah. second edition so there's a lot of these uh very mortal adjacent or kind of advanced mortal uh, uh characters that you can find in other other rule sets as well uh which could fit very well into just your regular uh, Chronicles of Darkness game, depending on um, uh, what kind of power level you want to have. So let's talk about what you can do in Chronicles of Darkness. Um, you know, last time when we streamed, we were talking about Vampire the Requiem, which is a, one of the uh, kind of creature games that builds off of this base rule set, as we've mentioned many, many times. And, you know, if you learn the basic rules for Chronicles of Darkness, it's very easy for you to go in and pick up any of these other games and play those. Yeah. Um, and as well, if you played the first edition of Chronicles of Darkness, which was called World of Darkness back in, in 2004, uh, things are pretty similar. You know, there are some uh, differences with the advanced rules, and we'll get into that, but the basic rules are pretty much the same. You know, you make a dice pool of 10-sided uh, dice, uh, usually based off of, uh, you know, a sum total of an attribute plus an ability, so maybe like you know, um, intelligence plus computers. You look at those number of dots on your character sheet, add that up, that's how many dice you roll. Of those dice, uh, any that you roll that are at eight through 10 are a success and count up number of successes. And usually you need more than one success to actually fully complete the task that you're that you're attempting. Um, sometimes you just need one, but uh, a lot of the times in Chronicles of Darkness, you need several uh, successes. The characters that you build um, have advantages beyond just their natural attributes and you know their abilities, you know skills and that kind of stuff. They also have merits, which um, are are kind of just these extra edges that they have, uh, which can really range from a whole bunch of different things, from say boxing, having boxing training, to eidetic uh, memory, you know, having like a, a photographic memory, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of the flavor really comes into characters. Um, and gives them a lot more options. Are there any merits that uh, you two would want to kind of highlight as being cool or interesting based on your own experience? Uh, Chris, can you go first on that one? Uh, <laughs> um, I am always interested in like the supernatural ones just because I'm drawn to that. Mm. Um, however, I do think that 
the um like the mental merits do tend to be a lot more fun too because those are things like because being a mortal and interacting with supernatural creatures your mind gets erased a lot and so having these as a mortal character um like good time management imagine how someone with that where their mind keeps getting erased and you're losing chunks of time Hmm. so a mortal with that is going to notice that a lot quicker than somebody without and be driven further to continually try to figure out what is happening in those spaces of time Hmm. i would say the interesting uh, let's think merits um yeah, there's there's quite a few nice like small. I think again, it's the small kind of supernatural merits, which you know they're not going to be game changers in the sense of like you know a vampire has coils or 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 has some or or a werewolf has merits which essentially tie them to their totem spirit for the for the uh, for the pack. You know, they're not going to be magnificent like that but like the very simple things of just being you know the sixth sense however that manifests that manifests in many different ways the characters or 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 something as simple as um as having is it psychometry the one where you can touch an object and get psychic visions off it i think that's one psychometry there's something like that but it's it's amazing when you run a full mortals game how those powers which when from the con from the perspective of of the big splats the other supernatural creatures they, they seem nothing but in the in yeah. the when you're in say playing hunter the vigil or just pure mortals those tiny merits are so important mm. <clears throat> yeah that's a good point that's a good point so when you two are making your characters for chronicles of darkness let's say either for your own game or you're making up a whole bunch of characters for a uh for you know an adventure or something and, you know, it's pre-gens. Do you usually pick, like, let's say one of those, like, cool, interesting, uh, you know, more supernatural abilities or more more uh, uh, exotic abilities, I guess you could say, and then fill in the rest of the dots with the more generic things, say, but, but very useful things, like, say, contacts or resources, just having money, that sort of thing? <sighs> What's the strategy you usually go for when, when making your characters? That's how I do it. Actually, I, I usually try to pick one spicy thing, and then uh, then you just load up on the uh, the generic but useful things when I'm making pre-gen characters. There's some spicy, just non-supernatural merits, so there's often something to pick like from that. And I think also the great thing is, and we see it, we saw it first in uh, in Hunter the Vigil first edition, then it made it into Chronicles of Darkness second edition, is in the baseline for for all the games is professional training, right? And right. just picking that. And that unlocks um, some bonuses. It also gives some guidance on the skill sets. That that's almost the first port of call before you even start thinking like, oh, I'm going to have fleet of foot, or I'm going to have sorry, I've got the book open here, or I'm going to have uh, fixer or iron will. The moment maybe you can go right. I'm going to pick professional, and I'm going to be a uh, I'm going to be a uh, a stunt man. Right, something that's similar to stuntman, because stuntman again, these these are quite. You can stretch what stuntman means. I mean, stuntman could sure, sure. be a perfect um, way of representing your uh, an extreme sports 
personality who's like renowned on like the snowboarding circuit. There you go, pick stuntman, done. Mm-hmm. And then you would go. You've got athletics and drive. You might change drive to go. Well, I'll swap out that skill. The exactly. GM goes. The storyteller goes. Yeah, okay, let's swap that out. And then it gives you that focus. I think that's the first pop call on making any character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. And that's a great transition to some of the uh, kind of new things with uh, with Second Edition is those profession packages. And for new players that are new to Chronicles of Darkness, you know, these packages aren't, they aren't character classes, um, but they are just kind of a, uh, you know, a, a little leg up for your characters that you can pick, um, which gives them some extra skill dots and maybe a, a merit as well. And it's a good place to start, uh, as, as Chris mentioned. And as well as Chris was alluding to, it's pretty easy to make your own professional training packages as well. So, uh, you know, if you don't see something that really matches up with your character who's a um, archaeologist or something, let's say, it's not that hard to make. You know, just say like uh, investigation and um, I don't know, Crafts. occult or something. <laughs> Crafts is always good on that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty easy to to make those. Um, those changes just talk to your storyteller about it and i think they'll be pretty chill about it i mean that's it's it's nothing too extreme so let's move on to talking about some of the new things in chronicles of darkness second edition we already talked about the real basic mechanics but there are some very interesting things that have changed uh with second edition and i think they're all improvements in my personal opinion so uh first up um, for more, and most of the changes really came from advanced rules mentioned the basic rules are pretty much the same so some of the advanced rules change such as Combat, which, you know, combat's a failure state. In my personal games, you're not usually tussling and fighting every session. And in fact, yeah, I I like to think it's pretty rare. But combat has been revised to be more dangerous, particularly with weapons, um, because they have a lot more uh, basic automatic successes, automatic damage that you apply once you hit. So in first edition, if you played that, there was a lot of kind of attrition uh, and, you know, just characters taking like one little damage, you know, kind of pecking away at each other. So uh, with the change to the math of second edition, uh, resolution is sped up quite a bit and combat is a bit more dangerous. You know, it's uh, a lot easier to uh, get hurt fast. Another uh, great innovation with Chronicle uh, Darkness second edition is, of course, the tilts and conditions. And these are basically new uh, story game mechanics that are here in the game. So conditions are a a state that can be applied to a character, illustrating how um, the game has changed them or how the story has changed and affected them. Um, so I should actually probably just bring up an example here because I think that will probably speak pretty well. Yep. Let me just scooch through the book here. Ah, so let's go for... Ooh, deprived. Okay, ah, a character is suffering from an addiction. And, you know, this addiction for the deprived condition, it could be pretty pretty vague. You know, it could be, you know, something like drugs, alcohol, or it could be some other kind of crutch that your character develops. Maybe something to do with the, uh, the supernatural or one of the mysteries that they're exploring. And while they have this condition and they are deprived, uh, they remove one die from uh, stamina resolve and composure rolls. So that's a pretty big effect. However, your character does have a way to resolve this uh, deprivation. Uh, In this case, the resolution is indulging in the deprived vice or going to therapy. So you have two ways to uh, try to get rid of the condition uh, and resolve that through actions in the story. So it it, it gives characters and gives players uh, a way to interact and kind of like 
a guide to uh, uh, just kind of interact with the story more. And I think that's great. I think the important thing about conditions is that it 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 resolves the classic issue with classic Chronicles of Darkness. We'll call that classic to just differentiate from uh, sure. fifth edition Vampire the Masquerade. Because mm-hmm. you have the, the classic issue with character building of the I'm going to take these flaws to get some freebie points to build my character better. And we don't have that. There are no flaws you can take mechanically uh, in that sense um, as as part of your character build. So you can play a character that has an addiction or suffers from a, uh, you know, has some sort of perhaps some, you know, is suffering from some form of mental illness if you wanted to go that that route or some sort of physical um, hindrance so they could well be missing a limb or something like that if you wanted to build a character like that but it's not going to give you automatically freebie points that i will then spend in psychic um or whatever instead those are conditions that you're going to have in game that are going to be persistent essentially and Mm -hmm. role playing so that they they are hindrance to you in role play means you're going to be rewarded through role play with um with the uh what are they called experiences no experiences yeah beats um and that's the difference so in order to gain the benefit of some hindrance that you've created for that you you've said my character has at character creation you have to role play that you can't just go i'm going to take this this flaw and yet do everything you can so that flaw never comes up in play and that's really, I feel, th- that is a key difference in Chronicles of Darkness 2nd Edition. It's it's really a beautiful design, too, because there are individuals in real life that may have missing limbs or have some sort of thing that would have been considered a flaw, such as glasses. And um, they function in society with very little change to their day-to-day other than whatever accommodation they need for that and so taking that away as a detriment to a character sheet takes away the negative aspect of playing one of those characters and it encourages more people to get creative with some of those things like you can be an alcoholic and still be high functioning (laughs) like and people can never know that you are actually an alcoholic and so uh, having it not be part of the character sheet, but more of the role play and wh- the way that the character is um, seen, um, it takes away the mechanical stuff and makes it more about the person and the individual rather than mm-hmm. I'm going to take a negative to every single time I have a sight roll or, you know, some sort of investigation. If I don't have my glasses, oops. Mm-hmm. Like I don't go anywhere without my glasses. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. How do you f- two feel about uh, having characters start with conditions? You know, just say like, "Hey, storyteller, I want to start with these couple conditions already with my character, and then we'll resolve those uh, over the course of the game." How do you feel about that? I think with the right conversation about what those are and the confidence that the player can portray that i mean it doesn't have to be in every session yeah. you don't want to labor it maybe right you could have uh for example i was looking at amnesia 
Uh, yeah. It's one of the first conditions on there. Character can start with that, and that makes a lot of sense. And then they have yep. things revealed to them as the story goes. And it, it kind of creates um, character goals in some respects on resolving mm-hmm. these things. Um, because going back to the alcoholic, you know, you see enough horror and maybe your perspective on life changes. You're like, yeah, or maybe it gets worse, <laughs> you know, however, yeah. however you want it to go. So right. Right. I think that works quite well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tilts are interesting. Uh, as Chris uh, mentioned, uh, as he was talking about them, when you resolve uh, conditions, you get uh, uh, beats, which then can get converted into experience points for the entire party. And uh, it kind of gives you that that benefit to doing this role playing, which gives you a nice little uh, kind of economy as as the game goes through. And it's uh, it's really nice. I think that the uh, conditions, especially in uh, basic Chronicles of Darkness and uh, Vampire the Requiem are, are pretty elegant and are very easy to work with. Um, and I think that uh, makes it a really fun and streamlined experience. Also, uh, especially, um, as, mm-hmm, oh, please go ahead. I was gonna say, if, if you were not aware, if you go to any of the conventions where Onyx Path is ho- hosting, panels or having a booth they will usually have con specific condition cards for your game what? so and you what? can collect all of them yeah they're specific i have I've, I've seen onyx path at so many cons i never got one wait really <laughs> whoopsie doodle yeah it's oh. fun <laughs> i just mm. didn't know so thank you for informing me, crystal i'll uh, i'll make sure i can i can pick one up in the future awesome awesome yeah and uh i just had really oh and you were mentioning the condition cards, which is what I was about to talk about. Um, yep. It's an accessory to the game, but it does make it a lot easier. If you have these condition cards, you can just hand them out during the game so that people know uh, and just have it right there in front of them so they don't have to dig through the book to uh, get the resolution or grab the yeah. book from the storyteller. It's just right there and uh, it's easy to work with, which I think is very convenient. And and also you can come up with more conditions. I mean, um, again, Chronicles of Darkness core book has a list of them. They're more kind of your base level of conditions maybe there's conditions in each of the chronicles of darkness game lines so each book core book has has all the chronicles of darkness rules this if you get it say you're playing vampire the requiem you also buy this this is like therefore let's just say the more in-depth encyclopedia as it were (laughs) to the game rules and gives Mm -hmm. you some more conditions to use because the vampire one will have some more vampire specific conditions so correct um there's a lot um i think the i would say the other guidance is don't feel overwhelmed by them like you should be using them constantly in cards in and out they're a they're a guide to role play they're not a they're not a prescribed this it's not a poker game no it's not a poker game no Um, maybe it is though maybe it is yeah (laughs) um yeah but there's there's that um i think all the condition cards are actually on drive-thru cards if i'm not mistaken i need yeah they they should be i think you can actually can you print them out for free or is it like one dollar for the uh you can print you can buy the pdf and print them for free if you've got the ability to do so or you can do pod all right yeah you can have the card deck printed on demand you can. I have uh, the Vampire the Requiem cards. Oh, okay. And three bucks for the PDF. That's that's 44-page PDF for three bucks. Okay. 
Okay, that's that's not too shabby. And then you can just print them out for yourself, or you can get the uh, print on demand cards as well. Neat. Mm-hmm. All right, doing research live on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> we also just wanted to bring up tilts, which are similar to conditions, but they are more uh, environmental effects or personal effects to the character. Um, usually something uh, external occurring to them, such as like it being foggy out or them being you know, temporarily blinded for, for some reason. And that's kind of tilts right there. And Crystal, you had a, uh, a great way to remember tilts versus conditions. Yeah, so um, if, you, if anybody is familiar with, um, uh, oh, now I'm blanking on Pimble. the name. Pinball, yep. there we go. Oh my gosh, now you put me on the spot. If anyone remembers <laughs> pinball, if you, if you move the board too much, um, in order to gain an advantage with the ball, it is called a tilt and the entire thing will lock up and you'll lose your ball. So it's pretty similar to the tilts in the game where you can kind of wiggle a little bit to kind of try and gain an advantage. But if it goes too much, things lock up and it gets bad for you. Yeah, that's a fun way to remember them. And yeah, that's uh, that's tilts, conditions and uh, like the changes to combat and equipment. Um, I don't know, Chris and Crystal, were there any other <clears throat> major changes with second edition that you wanted to highlight, or did that kind of cover the uh, the big things? Um, I think that's the big things. I think within the game, um, and this this again is the fact that second edition Chronicles of Darkness is a distillation of things that came out over the lifespan of Chronicles of Darkness first edition. So, for example, we have we've got some mechanical um, rules for. Um, social combat is in there now um we have also how to um kind of a mechanized way of of dealing with whether you you make friends i say make friends but it's more like opening doors as in like can you influence this Mm -hmm. person and the and that's that's not a bad thing because again you don't have to use these rules if you don't want to but they're very useful if you go look this is complicated because we're trying to role play out and describe how your character is in i'm gonna take my example because i've been watching like tons of uh, the good wife recently so say you're wanting to influence the 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 district attorney right there is a number of steps you're going to have to do to influence a person like that in power. And you, as players, as the storyteller, you may not feel armed to roleplay that, that out in a, in a way that you're in character conversing and describing all those things. So you could just go like, look, let's do, use the dice system that's provided to do this. And we can then describe it as a montage of of things, or 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 say, well, you've got that bit that's going to happen, but you're not going to be able to make the next roll to influence them until a certain number of sessions that represents a certain amount of game uh, in game time that's gone by. So that's really useful. There's also some guidance on investigations and how you can break that up into stages. Again depending upon the type of investigation again it's an it's a it's a crutch if you don't have the knowledge or the or the confidence to role play these things out um you know in that way yeah the investigation rules can also help because uh or investigation guidance i should say because designing your own investigations and mysteries can be a bit of a time-consuming hassle uh you know having to put in like three clues at every single point to make sure that Hopefully the characters notice one of them, uh, and that sort of thing. So it is very useful. 
Cool. So we talked about uh, the characters in the game. We talked about some of the rules updates, but <clears throat> why don't we talk about, especially for new people, what can you explore in this game? What kind of stories can you tell? Because that's really the big thing with Chronicles of Darkness is telling stories. Mm -hmm. So uh, like any good role-playing game, there's infinite ways to play Chronicles of Darkness, but um, the rules as written, as well as uh, some of the stories and Chronicle ideas in the back, uh, give you a couple of great concepts uh, to kind of run along with. <clears throat> so uh, I think the big one actually would probably be Gnosticism, tech Gnosticism, and the God Machine, since the uh, God Machine Chronicle is part of uh, Chronicles Darkness 2nd Edition. Now, <clears throat> the the concept of the God Machine was something that originated actually back in 2004 with the first version of this game uh, and has been kind of like seeded just little bits here and there in all these different books. Um, and I mean, there's like, there, there's been people that have been like looking for all the references in every single book, you know, trying to track down everything about the God Machine. And the second edition really gives you some great ways to play with that concept. Now, the God Machine is... <sighs> large and unknowable, but seems to be a sort of intruder, possibly not from this planet, uh, which is trying to uh, influence and control the world through uh, techno-magical means. Um, you know, uh, Chris on our show, Darker Days Radio, has used a lot of good examples of like, you know, <clears throat> slowly creeping through a building, which gets just stranger and stranger. And uh, has more and more mechanical devices in it until you finally get to the basement and find that in the center there's like say uh, an organ beating with uh, circuits, cables, and all these other things uh, uh, kind of leading off of it. And that's essentially probably a piece of infrastructure of the God Machine. Yeah, it's the God Machine is is I feel is really Chronicles of Darkness answer to Eldritch Horror, yeah. um, but where. Lovecraftian mythos eldritch horror seems very how can I say gooey fleshy um, and uh, you know mm. and has its associated evils um, that it, it focuses on as well uh, and issues with when it was written let's just be honest with its fears I think the god machine is is quite relevant it's still quite relevant with today's society because it's about you know it's about like how you don't you, you, you we've got all these devices all these things linked up and it's that how you see things operating together and we feel we know how they should operate and like you know you 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 go to a url and it pings a server and it sends back a web page and it does all this stuff but it's more like if these things were used together in a way that creates some occult effect because that's effect effectively you know what occultism involves you draw out runes but the question is if these runes are actually operating on a city scale and are servers all linked up or um you know people that are standalone constructs who've gone around spray painting the same symbol uh in multiple locations and it creates a uh, a geomantic effect uh i also go with when science goes really weird when you get to the bleeding edge of it so you know where you, you really push at the very edge of reality and you don't know whether where where physics kind of falls apart it's that kind of horror um there's a good amount of videodrome in there as well i would definitely go with yeah certainly you know kind of um 
and it's it's the uh, the horror uh version of the internet of things in some ways yes. i can definitely yeah it definitely that. is yeah it is the, yeah. the horror of the internet of things <laughs> Oh, that's, that relates yeah. to my day job. Shit. Um. Indeed. Indeed. So there's a lot of mystery uh, just around like what exactly the God Machine wants, what it is. And I don't think your characters are ever going to find out really the, the real truth, the, the terrible secret of space. But they might realize what this one little component is doing to their community and then realize that they can't stop it. And that could be the horror right there, for example. Mm-hmm. Crystal, do you have any uh, thoughts and opinions on the God Machine? Or I love that God kind Machine. Of- yeah i do um i i kind of view it as um you know how like every couple of years there's always like a the apocalypse the end of the world is coming type of thing because some ancient stone said it that yeah like some ancient circular stone ended on this day and instead of putting it as their calendar just ended you know <laughs> i'm just thinking of the monty python thing like what's that inscribed on the stone it's a long message and then just like Ugh. <laughs> i just imagine the stone tablet they're like okay 2011 2012 <laughs> i kind of i kind of i kind of view it like that mixed in with the house from 13 ghosts oh yeah <laughs> where you have a very much a mechanical thing going on but it affects everybody and if you don't follow the mechanical, like even like the the rules that it follows, um, if you don't follow it, you are messing with the God Machine's plan and it must reset you. Yeah. And and that's kind of how I view it as, um, or, you know, like some sort of entity on the internet, you know, put the 13 ghost house on the internet and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. So the angels, so the God Machine has angels, by the way. They're scary as hell. And they're kind of like the, in that case, the antibodies that are out kind of correcting, changing, and consuming uh, what is not, I wouldn't say what's wrong, but what is not in keeping with the God Machine's plan or vision. And those angels, of course, can go rogue. And we'll talk about that another time. So I think that covers the cosmic horror option. Uh, and you can, of course, you can do other kind of cosmic option. You could put in some Lovecraftian deities if you wanted to. Um, there's definitely a very, maybe not so much with the second edition, but the first edition, there was a real Lovecraftian feel to it. You know, this real mystery about not understanding what's going on with this world and a feeling that the world was out to get you, um, which I think can bring us to some other options, such as occult mystery. So we don't need to have the God Machine all the time. You could just be investigating something that's really peculiar in your neighborhood. And, you know, maybe that plays off of some classic horror tropes, you know, perhaps the, uh, the town elders made some pact years and years ago and you're trying to figure that out. Or maybe you realize that it's something uh, more related to one of the, uh, the kind of creature game lines that we've mentioned before, like Vampire the Requiem or, you know, um, you uh, from Deviant a line of sin eaters. Indeed. Oh, oh yeah. That'd be a good one. That'd be going <laughs> right there. So lots of, lots of uh, uh, story ideas for occult mystery, but also just mechanical support as well. You know, a lot of those conditions are written for, uh, that kind of thing, and that gets us to the point where you know when you talk about occult mystery and supernatural mystery, um, Chronicles of Darkness, mm-hmm. the thing that ties all the other all the other splats, the, all the other supernatural creatures that you can play using that base rule set together, is because the core game, core rulebook for Chronicles of Darkness Second Edition has expansive rules for ephemeral beings so angels are one of these things but also uh 
just spirits, so uh, animistic uh, spirits uh, from the, the shadow where, you know, concepts and things are manifest. So, like, we're talking about, say, uh, let's say the concept of, of a murder down a particular alleyway manifests in the spirit realm as this uh, anthropomorphic being made of rusted knives that stick together and has a, a mouth full of, you know, needles. Um, mm, but that's a great also, image. Yeah. Or, but then also you've got ghosts. They're ephemeral beings, uh, and mm. they obviously have ties to the underworld and uh, the um, the upper, the, the lower depths, and and so forth. And then you've got, and so you've got really good rules for that, which which allow you to look at the different type of powers that they have, manifestations and hauntings, and so forth. So you can run a really good, just like ghost investigations type game with Chronicles of Darkness. Um, and then there's also was it dread powers. So dread powers again quite common to many of the antagonists in the other game lines, and dread powers are great for representing things which don't really fit any one particular kind of beastie. Because if you want to do cryptid-based horror, uh, that's quite good. So ultimately, what we've just covered there gives you the tools that quite happily with Chronicles of Darkness you can run X Files like just just do x files Mm -hmm. like you go what's this horrible thing is it a cryptid and does that cryptid obey known science or does it not obey known science so you can do that with dread powers that's great or is it ephemeral uh is it a ghost in the machine is it a ghost possessing uh, a computer server or something like that and then you can go you could even do aliens if you really want to go down aliens you can do aliens they just got dread powers and and spaceships and whatever so you can pick Pick and choose the powers, the abilities, the the systems to create the antagonists you want. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do aliens, though, how often a player's going to really come face to face with a grey? They're mostly going to do the classic thing of dealing with the the people that have been been driven mad by their encounters with them and driven to do horrible things. That's always more scary than facing yeah. the actual cause. Uh, or uh, of course there's always the the shadowy government agents that are trying to cover it up um so yeah that you could do that type with with uh, Chronicles Darkness more than easy, more than happily it's like it's just it's just there good good stuff yeah and i think for the uh other game types that you can play um you know going away from you know the kind of crazy supernatural stuff and you know cosmic horror you can play a lot more street level games, uh, you know, perhaps dealing with personal horror, which is something that can intrude into any of these other game types, really. Um, and again, conditions can be can be useful for personal horror, uh, although I would not really rely on them. Uh, it really it takes a lot of player buy in and uh, some kind of design and working with you on that in that regard. And then as well, you know, crime, thrillers, that sort of thing. Uh, I think Chris put in the note here about the horror of the human heart. Um, that's also uh, a great option for Carlos yeah. Darkness. I think the reason I put that in is because that kind of gets us towards something like Seven and films and media like that, where and and Hannibal the TV series that that mm-hmm. I think you could. I mean, that's basically why I want to run kind of quite similar to that as a as a chronicle. So if you see us running that very at some point on. On, uh, on the Twitch stream, that's the reason why. Um, but it's that kind of horror because the the thing about playing vampires and werewolves and changelings and so forth is that by being a monster, you're driven, your drive to do horrible things 
is often a consequence of the changes you've gone through to be what you are. So it then becomes quite horrific when you see people do things and they have no other reason to be doing that, no other external influences other than they're just horrible people doing horrible things. And that can then be more terrifying than the fact that a vampire hungers for blood because um, that's a curse. Uh, yeah, and I think that would that would be more than... A, you know, that would be great for running a game. And I think if you ran that long enough and then it begins to, like, tilt over into a cult horror, like, that would then... You could run that for... You could then really suck your players in and then suddenly you do something and they're, they're left thinking, like, hold on a minute, what? You, you've just You've just upended something we were taking for granted at one point and now there's a murder that doesn't make any sense and then you can start injecting things that maybe fit more with hunter the vigil now i now i i have another idea too <laughs> you want to share oh my it? gosh I, it's so basically there is one person at the table that is immortal but nobody knows who it is <laughs> And so everybody has to act like a mortal in order to, to keep themselves hidden. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and everyone plays different like game lines. <laughs> that's a great idea. That is tough to do, but that's a great idea. Because Chris, remember when we were in Berlin and we we're just walking around <laughs> being like, yeah, we're totally regular people. And then we <laughs> find out at the end of the night, like, okay, so uh, there were, our company of six people was... Two, four wizards, four mages, and two werewolves. Um. <laughs> or walking into the bar and being like, "There we are, dressed in suits, we're looking pretty dapper. We're yep. we're we're, we're techno technocracy agents, so we're still effectively human." Um, yeah. And we're just like, we're just normal bros. We're just in there, yeah. running around the town, away from business. We're not Those two other guys in the company, the other two guys, they're just kind of little funky hacker types, you know, nothing weird about them, right? And then we walk into nope, that totally. bar, and just because we're wearing, we're well-dressed in suits and having someone go, so uh, I'm of Clan Ventrue. And we're like, really? Yeah, so what okay. is this? <laughs> and tell What's us more. <laughs> How not to be a vampire is just broadcast it. Um, indeed, indeed. Uh, that's a total aside. Um, oh my gosh, Crystal, it's a great idea. I really like that. That that seems like a fun a fun concept. Would you do that as a one shot or as a multi multi session chronicle, oh multi session I would, story? I would probably want to like we could totally do it as a one shot, but we would have to go like all out. Like yeah. It would have to be like a, a all out, you know, like five, six, seven players just to make it so that nobody really knows what in the heck is going on. But mm. all this weird stuff starts happening and nobody's fessing up to it. <laughs> but mm. on, the, the, the fun will be like when, when like, I don't know, when like, um, it, the fun will be just when, say, you've got a vampire character that's there, obviously being as human as possible. Along with the human and the mage going, what? When the changeling just does something which completely breaks the rules of anything anyone understands. Uh, oh, then I want to throw a mummy in there just for fun. <laughs> like, at least a oh, sin just... is, is pretty human. A sin is still pretty human. But again... Yeah. They are, yeah. 
hard to kill. Or Promethean. Oh my kill. gosh, throwing a Promethean in there. Yeah, I'd have to review the uh, the disquiet rules for second edition, but that could cause some issues right there. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. that brings us to how do how does Contagion Chronicle deal with all of that, and then you chuck a regular human in? Hmm. Uh, well. Uh, I don't really. I don't talk about this too much below, yeah. but that is part of our show notes, so we can get to that discussion. In fact, <laughs> I think we've I think we've kind of exhausted uh, some of the game concepts. But you know, Crystal, this is leading us into a great conversation about in Chronicles of Darkness. Who can you meet? Um, because <laughs> Chronicles of Darkness, it's an expansive world with eleven major monsters to play as, in addition to the mortals that we've just been discussing. And again, you know, it's it's all the same game rules. And the basic game rules from Chronicles of Darkness are printed in all of the core books. So if you pick up Werewolf the Forsaken, for example, you will get the basic uh, rules in there uh, with some of the merits. Usually the merits and conditions are tailored to that specific game line. Um, so there is value in getting the Chronicles of Darkness core book because, as Chris mentioned before, it goes into more depth and gives you a lot of uh, extra options for, for mortal characters and for you know any supernatural creature as well. Um, and yeah, Chronicles of Darkness, it's great to play by itself, but, uh, and storytellers don't need to feel like they need to add in any of these other creatures, but the option is always there, uh, if it would serve to enhance the story and the mystery of your chronicle. So as we've been alluding to, you can mix and match any of these things all together, as Crystal was just mentioning, and, uh, characters can in fact start off as a mortal, sorry, a mortal, and you can uh, then have them change over the course of the story. You know, maybe they are drawn into a mage uh, cabal, for example, and they they start to uh, you know learn that kind of magic. Uh, or maybe they, hmm. oh, deviant, <laughs> deviant. Uh, Ooh, the character that would be a good one, disappears uh. for a couple of sessions. They come back, and they've been changed by some evil corporation, some vile conspiracy, for example. Uh, that is a great way to use uh, Deviant right there and to really enhance one of the characters. Um, so, yeah, you can you can mix and match. You can... I remember back in the day when Chronicles of Darkness first came out in, in 2004, people were always planning these, these chronicles where everyone would start off mortal and then after say three sessions or something then they would change and it would be like kind of a mixed mixed chronicle someone one would be a mage one would be a werewolf one would be a vampire for example in a couple of those really hey how did that work out i loved it because it took um it, it took like i i played a vampire character and i was with a promethean and like it just made weird interactions it was wonderful yeah because i can't tell them what they are they know what i am wink wink <laughs> uh, a werewolf uh, sorry no a vampire and promethean walk into a bar mm, one said yep. vampire says to the promethean what's it like stealing bodies and the promethean says to the vampire what's it like stealing blood <laughs> pretty much it's yep. yeah it's i mean it's one of those things where you've got again you've got to have the player buy into to have the reasoning for why such <laughs> coincidence occurs for it, but it's I I do yeah, see but... also I do also see like the the whole thing of like you know you do get the mass embraces of of a bunch of people for whatever reason by multiple sires in vampire that makes sense I guess mm-hmm. um, mage you yeah. can all have been exposed to the same sort of um, event that. Okay causes an awakening for you all in some way uh werewolf 
I guess you're all related by blood by some way. That would make the most sense to have a... And that's a great way of having a pack already kind of, you know, a, a great buy-in yeah. for why they're all working yeah, together. Just form it that way. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different options. Um, and I feel that even, you know, it's kind of a stereotype at this point for for uh, urban fantasy fiction, not really urban fantasy, but having the small town where there's a bunch of different supernatural creatures, for example, that works pretty decently in Chronicles of Darkness. You know, there could just be one werewolf that moved in uh, or maybe a couple of them. Um, just the one vampire who's running things because the town doesn't have enough blood to support more than one vampire, for example. Um, you know, I think that I think that works pretty well. And that could be a, a great way to um, get a bunch of characters together from different uh, splats as we call them mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they're all in the same town and something weird starts happening there they unfortunately are the only ones that can figure it out the other thing also is while there are 11 major monsters to play you can also play the minor elements of each of those splats so you know you can play a, you can play as a vampire's ghoul you could play as a mummy a member of a mummy's cult so you're again effectively human but with a few <laughs> useful oh merits um you can play as uh kinfolk to uh, is it still kinfolk for a werewolf yeah wolf-blooded uh, and there's, oh, is it there's wolf-blooded? wolf-blooded yeah. and then there's okay. the i can't remember what it is for changeling where their their fate i think it's something like fate touched or something like that um and in demon i think it's where you've got like you've mostly made a pact with a demon or you're you've got um or a stigmatic so there's quite a yep. few different ways you can be still quite mortal but a little bit weird and and therefore mm-hmm. worked into these things and i mean this is the one thing we've always said like the weirdest the the one really weird like grouping that has perhaps the most thematic crossover is you've got a mummy and their cult has a mech vampire because mech vampires can do uh, post-death embraces where they've embalmed the person that's going to be embraced. So they're very Egyptian-based as well. Uh, you could quite easily have a mage that has a, a methodology uh, and their tools, their tools um, to perform their magic and so forth. They use, you know, Egyptian mysticism. Uh, to to do that and of course uh on board with the mummy because they they find mystical items filled with uh sekum. and then what else have you got in there uh i see a, a you know uh an siren um prometheum uh fits that quite well sin eaters mm-hmm. again they could have a, a group of sin eaters that have a uh, a mythology, their ceremonies, they've gone for, they've worked, their workings are all very Egyptian based. And you've got mm-hmm. the basis of a group that work together thematically, um, ideologically, maybe a little bit, you know, have a bit of issues with it. But also, above all this, you've got this super powerful mummy who leads them and. You know, some of them may say hello to him quite often down through the ages because, you know, the vampires like us see you in a couple of hundred years, maybe. Um, uh, And yeah, I'm kind of liking the idea of a chronicle with just mortal sidekicks where it is all of these people who are slightly touched, but really have no idea exactly what's going on. Yes. What venting their issues. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. I got it. Crystal. Crystal. So. 
So when all the big supernatural creatures are all meeting in like their Elysium or their their ivory tower or something, it's just the guys in like the the side room, you know, like the drivers basically just like hanging out, trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe they have to go on their own adventure, <laughs> a little errand to find a magical MacGuffin today and that sort of thing. Like the that supernatural people don't even realize that there's like a fae touch and a, you know, wolf blood and a ghoul or, you know, like even not even like a ghoul just like a mortal dude <laughs> all in the same room there's a, a, mm. a, the, the mostly highly unaware there's also like a ghost there that's a friend of one of the, of the city oh, yeah. there we go there's just a ghost i'm a because you, you can do playable ghosts yeah you can definitely do playable you can. ghosts you can the ghost could try to um get them into the uh the geist's uh cult all the preaching ghosts, to him, my gang. Ghost finally thinks it's got a group of people that have time for them, and goes, "Can you resolve my death?" Oh, sure. There we go. And then, and then you have like the one dude that's trying to become a hunter, like in here, like one of you is it? I know it. Perfect, perfect. And Crystal, that's a great segue because there's Hunter the Vigil, which is another game about. Mm, it's about hunters who go after the supernatural, whether. Uh, either researching them or you know trying to destroy them and these hunters can be very mortal or they can have these endowments which are uh rather powerful abilities you know perhaps magical um or perhaps technological but uh, that's another way to kind of enhance a chronicles of darkness game uh and give it some more options as you go along because hunter has all these different uh compacts and conspiracies which can give you some cool organizations that uh characters could get involved with and the cool thing you by bring up hunter is um you know if you if you want to play hunter you and you go oh we want to hunt vampires they don't have to be the vampires of vampire the requiem so you don't have to use those rules to represent vampires yeah they're hunting revenants you can in fact just inject your own vampire mythology and do that but then also there are plenty of vampires in chronicles of darkness that aren't kindred just as there's plenty of werewolves that aren't the aren't aren't the um i wanted to say uratha they're not uratha um so you can mix and match it and that's that means then and that's true for all the game lines that you can inject a lot of mystery by the fact you go okay you're fighting you're you're facing a werewolf but it's in a play mode you go oh well yeah you're like no but it's not a ratha like none of the signs nothing you, nothing is recognizably a ratha other than something is a big wolf-like beastie causing mayhem um and the other important thing by bring up hunter and i think that that represents also how you approach Chronicles of Darkness for all of the game lines is tiers. So the tiers of gameplay, uh, it's basically about is this is the stories that you're telling about people who have whether they're vampires, whether they're mortals, whatever, um, is very focused, very local, personal horror, or are they, or at the very high end, are they trying to fight something on a very global, even cosmological kind of scale of horror and again depending on how you run your games and it gives you a very different focus a a different feel though it's the difference between season one supernatural where they're just killing the the freak of the week (laughs) versus Mm -hmm. season god knows what where they're killing Uh, 15 season 15 (laughs) you know it's that kind of but that that's the point um yeah and the other thing that brings that it leads me into thinking is also 
and this is something we can grab entirely from Wrath and Glory, uh, Warhammer 40k, is you can quite easily, and I think it's a perfectly good way of gameplay, and we've seen this actually in the form of a novel, a uh, novella for um, Chronicles of Darkness, is you could do multiple shades of night. So uh, in the novel I'm referring to, Three Shades of Night, you have three short stories, one which looks at a vampire protagonist, one that looks like looks at a werewolf, and then finally it is a mage. And it, the story ends with the mage, and there's crossover between those characters. So you could do the same thing with Chronicles of Darkness. If you want to go all in, you can go, right, this story, which takes place over a number of sessions, is just mortals. And they all eventually die at the end, because that's what happens. But that's much like the very start of a supernatural episode, where, like, oh, look, the kids are doing something. Oh, it all goes horrific. They're all dead. And that's when the actual characters turn up to do something Mm -hmm. to solve the mystery. Uh, And I think that's a good way of getting people to buy in and and also to explore different types and different things of it. I also have to apologise to Matthew Dawkins because when the uh, Contagion Chronicle Kickstarter was going... And it was like, oh, we're going to have this location. There's going to be this place for for a contagion. There's going to be this place that has a version of the Contagion Chronicle. And I was like, what about the one in Chicago with the crossover there? And he was like, oh, I forgot Chicago Chicago setting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think that likely leads us into Dark Eras about crossover as well. Because Dark Eras offers some great crossover opportunities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So Onxpath put out these two source books. Uh, called Dark Eras, and they provide a uh, plethora of historical crossover settings. Uh, so while all the Dark Eras are focused on the different creature game lines, um, there are a couple that are useful for vanilla Chronicles of Darkness. Um, the one that I really wanted to highlight, I think, was uh, Doubting Souls, which is a setting based around early New England uh, with the uh, the witch hysterias up in Salem, uh, but also gives you some ideas for how you know colonists and Native peoples would be interacting at this time and sort of the uh, potential occult uh, issues that could be taking place. Uh, this was originally written for Hunter the Vigil, but it's very accessible for just regular mortals. Um, it, there, there really is nothing separating the two. So I think that's definitely a good one uh, that you can check out if you want kind of some historical flair. Uh, some of the other uh, Hunt of the Vigil uh, settings could be applicable. Uh, for example, there's one set in... Uh, I was just looking it up, but now I can't remember it. Uh, oh, in uh, the late uh, Qing Dynasty in uh, China. Mm-hmm. So, if you want a very different setting from the you know modern United States, you can definitely go there, and that also crosses over with uh, Mummy the Curse a little bit, which would be uh, pretty interesting to use alongside regular Chronicles of Darkness mortals. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've so, not really run anything historical yet with Chronicles mm-hmm. of Darkness. Um, or have I? No, I've not yet. It's always been something out of the back of my mind an idea but yep. it's always having the time to run it amongst all the other games that you ever run um correct yeah yeah dark eras are interesting they don't have a whole lot of historical facts in them they really expect you to go do a little bit of your own research check out at least the wikipedia entry on that time period uh but it gives you some extra story ideas specific to supernatural creatures and gives you some extra rules that might be applicable to that setting so that's pretty neat. And then finally, Chris, we have the Contagion Chronicle that oh, you're yeah. to, which uh, is an open-ended global crossover chronicle that even normal mortals can get involved with. Um, and, you know, this can be a great way, the Contagion Chronicle, to get normal mortals involved with the Hunter the Vigil conspiracies. Uh, because, I mean, the Contagion, it's so 
depending on how exactly you design it, because you have a lot of freedom and sandbox nature uh, to to make your own contagion chronicle. Uh, it's usually rather global or at least you know regional, as opposed to just you know your neighborhood or that sort of thing, which is uh, you know the, usually the smaller level that uh, Chronicles Darkness Mortals will be dealing with. So I think that's a, a great way if you want to ramp up and get your characters involved with the conspiracies. Uh, you can go into uh, Contagion Chronicle right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the cool thing about Contagion is there's so many different ways of representing what it is. And yeah, it, it's... And there's... Um, oh, what are they called? Oh, I can't remember now. But there's 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 so many little... Um, not only is it how the protagonist monsters that you are can team up, there's also how the antagonists also interact and team up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is terrifying. Like, let's just think about that for a moment. You've got, say, uh, the um, the Seers of the Throne and their representatives, uh, well, them who are representatives of the Exarchs, working with Angels of the God Machine. That's like a nightmare scenario, right? Also, I could see those yeah. two groups like wanting to annihilate each other because you're going to have to, in th- thinking about that, might have some reasoning for how the X are, you know, what what they consider the God Machine. Is it a tool of theirs? Is it, are they tools of the, the God Machine, etc.? You've got some of these really big kind of metaphysical questions that you can potentially tease out some answer to, or at least the players are going to have an opportunity to delve into. Um, yeah. Mm. Yep, it's pretty neat. And then also, the Contagion Chronicle has the Player's Guide out now, which gives you um, some extra crossover rules between all the different supernatural splats, which can be definitely very useful for a general Chronicles of Darkness. So that's a nice little uh, cheap book that uh, came out recently as well. So is there anything else we want to discuss about uh, who you can meet in the Chronicles of Darkness? Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Crystal, Any anything else to say? No, like, I... Yeah, I think that I, I wish I would see more people use utilizing it um, in games and as a basis for games or even starting like a launching point, um, mm-hmm. because I do feel like it is kind of like the forgotten uh, aspect of Chronicles of Darkness. Yeah, a little bit. You know, a lot of people pick up the Chronicles of Darkness core book, but they really want to focus on the, uh, the supernatural splats. Mm-hmm. They want to be the cool vampire or the sweet werewolf or the powerful mage. And then when you're like, hey, do you want to play a uh, gas station attendant? You know, <laughs> some people might not be as excited. I'm excited, you know, but I also like Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay a lot. So, yeah, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, and I think that's, that's definitely the approach that we've gone with um, with the scenarios that we've got on the Storytellers Vault. So the hunger within, oh. you know, as you said, Mike, you, you, you basically, you played Chris, the- you're... You went, you went wicked electronic right there. Did I get really electronic? Just, yeah. Yeah, the God Machine took over. Oh, is it still <laughs> freaky, man? Is it still? Yeah, no. yeah, it's still. Oh, yeah. Hold on a minute. You might want to just like unplug your mic and plug it back in, maybe? Yeah, it sounds like a see wire I, got loose. See, see if that works. Okay, is Chris better? is a... No. No. Chris is a stigmatic. Well, why don't we just wrap up the episode here? <laughs> <laughs> I think we got uh, what we needed to... And technology is freaking out on us. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, yeah, so much now better. Now he's good. Okay, uh, finish your thought, Chris. Oh, and we'll get this out of here. Uh, horrible webcam. That's why. <laughs> um, 
sorry, too many microphones in multiple places. That's awful. Um, yeah, so Storyteller's Vault, we've got two scenarios there uh, which you know play into that idea of playing just basic people. So uh, what is it? The Hunger Within is very folk horror. Mm-hmm. Again, Chronicles of Darkness, I think, perfectly suits running folk horror uh, type stories. Um, characters, as Mike said, you played uh, the fire fighter there's like what a historian a uh, mm-hmm. a, a biology stu- university student and a, a ex law student slash barista so you know back at home with parents and then um sins washed away is a bunch of university students on a night out so again that's really mundane uh and that's that. I think that's that is fun to play. That is, but the, but the point is, is that you could run that as your prelude to a a chronicle. Or if you're if you're running a chronicle of like say if you're running your vampire chronicle, you could go right. I want to set up the next arc. You could run a one shot within that campaign where you are just playing a bunch of mortals, and that's great because much like playing a more I guess, Nordic LARP event, you know, a one-shot, one-night singular event LARP event. It gives you opportunity to players to try something different, role-play something different, and also there's zero risk if that character dies because they're going to be playing their regular character for the rest of that chronicle again. Um, So I think that's just a useful way of approaching and using Chronicles of Darkness, given that you've got all the toolkit there for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, since we have a couple minutes, Crystal, do you want to uh, highlight the Mind's Eye Theater uh, yeah. Chronicles of Darkness rules at all? Um, um, so the Mind's Eye Theater Chronicles of Darkness rules are actually still in the first edition. I don't believe they've ever updated them. I don't think so. Um, and it was basically based off of the Rock, Paper, Scissors as well, um, which was something that's carried over through all of the Mind's Eye Theater. And... <laughs> It's, um, it came out, like, I, I really feel like, I, and it's one thing we didn't really discuss, is that the second edition for Chronicles of Darkness is really where they found exactly what they wanted the game to be, whereas the first edition was kind of a little wishy-washy as far as what it wanted to be as a game system. Um, and the, the Mind's Eye Theater rules kind of reflect that. Um, you could kind of, you could easily update the rules. I don't think it'd be very hard to do so to kind of fit the new setting and everything like that. Um, but it does focus heavily on the mortal aspect of interacting with the world of darkness. And it gives you some really cool scenes ideas on how to kind of display that in a LARP setting, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, this. Uh, just one minor correction. Uh, so, uh, Minds of Theater, Cross of Darkness used the cards, the playing cards, not the, uh, the rock, paper, scissors. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did use the cards. Yeah, I know. It's been a My while. Apologies. It's been a while, but is I just it, wanted to. Wasn't it for, for anyone it new? a system like where, you, where you have, where you show the card and your opponent shows the card and you sum it together and then it's like, what you use the, the units as the actual 10. Well, well, for a, uh, for like a basic role, right, you, you add together, say, your, uh, your attributes and then you pull a card to see if you got a success yeah right, right. that's just the basic system for yourself i don't know about the conflict resolution i haven't played it unfortunately um, um conflict was... resolution was whoever had the higher number between all that of makes them. sense 
it, you have to probably succeed and have the higher number. Yeah, you had like to, you had usual to meet, thing, but... meet a number of successes and then those above it. Yeah. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, you're you're totally correct on that. It's okay. My apologies. It's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, we just wanted to share that many for, years. for any, oh my goodness. indeed, for any, any new <laughs> players that, that were interested in that one, because there are still uh, a number of Crocs, Darkness LARPs out there and yes. that are, that are supported. The Italian Requiem LARP that I'm aware of. There was a Boston Requiem LARP, uh, which I got invited to several times by different people. It was really weird. They just like would find me in the game store. I don't know what was going on. And they like saw me looking at World of Darkness books like, hey. You want to play some vampire? If I just quickly look, there's also, anyway. uh, I think it's Isles of Darkness in the UK, which is, uh, I think is a UK-wide Chronicles of Darkness LARP group. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, there's different I, different groups I, out there. I think for a while, Cam Fan Club did it too. And then they stopped and then they went back to the previous edition, I think uh the fan club all right let's not bore people with us yeah <laughs> just, just pondering, one of, pondering and i know it wasn't on. one world by night but it was one of the one of the groups went to chronicles of darkness vanguard requiem for a little bit and then went back right yeah so mind's eye society it might be mind's i think is what it's society. called now i do know that they had some chronicles of darkness support as well as the other uh world of darkness uh larp things out there but we can put some links in the show notes so that people can find out more about the LARP if they are interested because we are not yeah. experts at this time and we want no. this to be an expertise filled <laughs> uh, stream and podcast episode when it goes out so uh, I think that's it for Across the Darkness right there and let's get on to the closing because we are running out of time and there is something really important that we do want to talk about um, you know as we're recording this uh, people are going to hear this later as a podcast but uh, there's a war going on uh, in Europe and it is horrific and uh, devastating and uh, I know a lot of us hosts are uh, you know donating uh, to different humanitarian organizations and there's also a uh, a group effort between a lot of different streamers podcasters and game companies uh, to get money over there to uh, Ukraine. Uh, so the uh, initiative is called Roll for Ukraine. Uh, and it's being you know, spearheaded by Monocane Publishing, who we've had here on the show on, on Darker Days Radio before. And they're about to set up a GoFundMe. It's currently in review with GoFundMe, so it's not up yet. But when this goes out as a podcast, we'll have a link in the show notes. And um, all of the money is going to be going to uh, either Nova Ukraine or uh, the Ukrainian Red Cross. So the money is going to get there directly. And all the money is only going to be used for humanitarian uh, refugee purposes. There's no money going to, say, like, you know, military purposes or anything like that. Um, so we definitely uh, encourage people to check out Roll for Ukraine. And we will be uh, putting some link in our, uh, links and shares in our social media so that people can find that. Sure. Uh, in the meantime, as well, something you can uh, also... Uh, donate to is the International Committee for the Red Cross. Uh, We will put a link in the show notes uh, for the uh, Ukrainian uh, donation page, uh, which helps out a lot of people there getting them water and uh, helps rebuild infrastructure. So that's going to be very important for the future as well. And as well with the uh, International Committee for the Red Cross, uh, if there's other things that you would like to uh, donate to, you can see their page for, say, Ethiopia right now, uh, following the, uh, the civil war or civil strife that was occurring there, uh, Afghanistan, Yemen, and many other places can be uh, donated to as well. So we think it's really important 
uh, especially in these trying times, to uh, give some money to others uh, to to help them out, to give money to aid organizations. And those are the links we currently recommend. And further in closing, we are Dark Days Radio. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this uh, Chronicles of Darkness introductory stream and podcast when it finally goes out. Um, we have a link tree, link tree uh, slash Dark Days Radio, where you can find a link to all of our different social media, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and all these other places. Uh, as well, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email over at darkdaysradio at gmail.com. That's all I've got to say. Chris, Crystal, do you have anything else you want to comment on or um... should we head off? I think all I need to say is that hopefully, uh, let's say next time we will be discussing Mage. That's the what we should have scheduled. And then after that, we will have our rescheduled uh, discussion about Werewolf in the month after that. So in a month's time, we'll mm-hmm. be back with uh, more Chronicles of Darkness discussion talking about Mage the Awakening. Yep, absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And to all the listeners out there, take it easy and have a good night. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. (laughs) 